Welcome to the Rock Your Life Show. Where questions meet answers. The profound meets the mundane. And we help you rock rock your your life. life. We are your hosts, the Vignatis. I'm Tracy. And I'm Fabrice. Well, we hope everybody's having a good summer. We're certainly in full mode of summer with the barbecue aflame with yes. lots of grilled eggplant and squashes and i'm gonna try some peaches i know i put it in the last newsletter pineapple. but i've yet to do it yes grilled we, pineapple yes. is also awesome we just did a fabulous one for fourth july anyway uh hi everybody welcome to rock your life show another edition of uh how can we help your life how can it help you grow how making you understand a bunch and of just, new just stuff. basically trying to help you how to rock your life yes that's what <laughs> it is rock and roll with the words instead of the notes um so this month of july we decided a topic yeah we did i think it kind of nice one. i don't know that it, it just kind of worked out that way that in it kind of coincides with american independence day on the fourth of july and so we decided to give our perspective on the topic of melting pot or uh, multiculturalism. Number one, because we live in a city as well that has a lot. A very big city that has multicultures Correct. in it. So and it expands them. yet again into a country. So, yeah. so when you think of that, um, I know some words probably come to mind like, uh, oh, L.A. has a lot of flavor. It has a lot of difference in cultures and there's a lot of mix this and that and everything those are just some words that you've probably yeah, heard culture difference um combine right yeah a combination of you know i mean those are just some kinds of visuals that you can get when you think of this concept so um melting pot uh first time i heard that 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 uh, you know, it has nothing to do with fondue. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's what I was like. Wow, melting, we're going to melt some stuff. No, Gruyere or we're no. We're going to melt some stuff. It's not about no. that. So, so, so give it the definition. Well, in all the research that I've done on this topic, and I, I've come to put this together, it's a melting pot. We're going to define two things, but the first one being melting pot. It's a monocultural metaphor for a heterogeneous society becoming more homogeneous or homogenous, depending on where you're from, mm. uh, the different elements kind of melting together or melanging together with a common culture, okay? I think that's the key here is that with a common culture, it's an alternative to being a homogenous culture um, in that it's a place where different people come together and they merge and mix, yet with a common uh thread correct you know there's there's commonality amongst it's almost like a an assimilation so to speak if we're going to talk about cultures let's use the word assimilation so it's a bunch of different things a bunch of different Mm -hmm. cultures coming together to be one melting together with the common thread of of assimilation okay Okay. assimilating to with that that being a common goal and so what is i heard the term multicultural Right. So multicultural. Okay. Here's the difference in, in what I've read. So it's different. Yeah, there is a difference. The melting pot, and we're coming from an American perspective because we live in America, okay? So the American way, we the melting pot in America is that come over different cultures, but here's how we do things here. We'd like to have you, but we'd like you to assimilate into oh. our melting pot. 
Big difference. Here's the difference with multiculturalism. Multicultural is cultural or racial groups in a society having equal rights and opportunities and is not ignored or regarded as unimportant, allowing each culture to remain distinct. I think that's the difference, is that melting pot, assimilate, multiculturalism, distinct, and a little bit separated. Definitely a big difference. I I see the difference. Okay. Um, yeah, and another um, uh, reason why we um, decided to take that topic is because um, we hear that sentence, we stumble on that se- over that sentence, which says, what do we have all in common? And I think what we have all in common is our differences. And that's what we have. And, and the main two differences, when we look at ourselves as living being, human living, or, or, or any uh, living being. Two things, appearance, nobody looks the same as others, and somehow the DNA, everybody has a special DNA, so everybody's unique. So we are different by nature, but if we decide to embrace those differences, then we have a common ground. That's something, I think it's a building block. Yeah, Okay. definitely. Now, America is kind of a prime example of what a melting pot is. I've, I've heard that my entire life, and I've mentioned this before, but growing up as an Air Force kid to a career man, um, you're exposed to a lot of those, diff- those different cultures that from mixed marriages and that kind of thing. So it really does become a melting pot in that there's commonality. So you'll see a lot of different kids in my classes that were from mixed parents or maybe an adopted situation. So it was not a really a big deal, but they all tended to, for the most part, assimilate. So it's um, immigrants and people from all over the world come and they live sharing their thoughts and ideas to create one culture. So that's what melting pot is. And it's it was founded on the, uh, on the concept of that opportunities, they really are here for everyone. So I wanna give an example of a melting pot, and I can you even use my childhood for this, that think now how many friends you might have that look like they come from different countries that don't look like they're Anglo-Saxon, but they're still American and have been here for generations. I'm sure there's people on your street, in your building, wherever it is that you live, they might have a, uh, a foreign last name, but they've been here for generations. Yeah, here in LA, you meet somebody, you talk, you don't know if they were born here or not. Right. Let's say you meet, uh, uh, I meet an, uh, uh, an Asian person here in LA. And I'm like, maybe these people are born there or maybe these people are born here. I mean, you know, that's nothing to do. So basically, but you're American. That's it. I'm American. So that's what you will think. They are American. They're here. They're American. That's so it. don't believe everything you see. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, that, that's where, we, that's where I say that, um, it is is it's kind of a tricky for for human being, and especially for 
people like us who live in big city, it is not easy at, at, at first. For me, it was, but due to my childhood. But for some people, I can understand when they move from a place where it's not, not a lot of cultural difference. Then you move into a place like LA, you arrive and you see, wow, there's, there's all kind of people, uh, all kind of uh, uh, ethnicity and all kind of uh, culture here. So it's hard to understand that some are born here, some are immigrants like me, but no matter what, we still live all in LA, we still cohabit and we still. Yeah, so, that's so that's the beauty. So yes, it is important. Now let's touch a little bit on the elements uh, that contribute or that f- that yeah, characterize what, the melting pot. Yeah, what pot. are some things that characterize a melting pot? Yes. Um, and this could also be multiculturalist is yes. too, but is language. And did you know that in America, I was a little bit surprised when I read this, that in the U.S., according to the U.S. government, take it for what it's worth, mm. you know, with a grain of salt, I don't know, but there is technically no official language. I'm not sure if that is absolutely true or not. It's what I read, so take it for what it's worth, but supposedly there's no official language in the U.S., according mm. to the government, and although the most frequent language that's spoken we know is english well the constitution is written in english yeah yeah so yeah i guess so i mean who knows though so language is one of them yeah you know it's a lot of other languages as we know are spoken here whether spanish chinese french german Uh, but no matter how many languages are spoken here in the u.s about 90 percent of the population does speak 90 percent some english even if it's broken and it doesn't matter. Ninety percent, and people usually do make efforts. Yeah, correct. That's understandable. But did you know this? The, I thought this was super cool. The last state to join our union, the beautiful state Hawaii, actually has two official languages, and there's it's Hawaiian and English. Yeah, well, that's normal. They use the it's a dialect, I guess. Hawaii is it must be yeah. Some kind of it. I'm sure. I mean, uh, all, uh, all uh, I know is Melikaliki Makameka Hola Makihiki Ho. That means Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs> That's all I know. Michael, what is this? It's like, oh, wow. Now you're now you going to sing a song in Hawaiian. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I got the ukulele upstairs if you okay. want. Okay. All right. So. We'll bust a move in now, a minute. Yes. Now, the other one that is a, a, a characteristic of the melting pot is religion. Or beliefs. Or beliefs, yeah. yeah. Again, people come here as immigrants. People bring their religion. They were born into it, uh, whether it's uh, uh, Muslim or it's Christ- uh, Christian or it's uh, Buddhism or it's Taoism, whatever. But bottom line, they come here. And uh, I don't think because they move in America that they are going to uh, basically change their religion. And that's the beauty. Nor should they. And sh- nor should they. And that's the beauty of America. So that's one characteristic because uh, there's nearly every non-religion that is practiced in America, although uh, 71% uh, is Christian in America. Uh, uh, co- according to the, the, the Pew Research Center, in, in 2017, they said it was seven, uh, 71%. And then in what? It's uh, six, 6% of non- non-Christian. Christian, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and, and what I was surprised is that this, we found out there was 23% of non-affiliation. A quarter of the, of the American population. That's pretty crazy. No religious affiliation. Yeah, and that, that number is decreasing. That's what they say. But anyway, uh, 
and then um, okay, there's there's another one that's really, I mean, a little bit more ambiguous. It's the arts, because the arts is another element of the melting pot. You have a lot of art that is created due to the um, due to the ethnicity. Yeah, and, and the influence culture. of other cultures. Absolutely. So, so you're born you're born in another country. You know your art. You come here about 25, 30 years old, and then you you used to make art in in in, a, in another country, and then you bring it here. You get used uh, five six years into the American, and you start to incorporate mm-hmm. the American culture, and then you have some art, whether it's in music, uh, whether it's uh, you see. Well, you see it with film and TV. With film and TV, you see that all the time. At the Oscars, there's always awards given to a lot of foreign films. But you can see it also, the different filmmaking, when when a director directs a film here who's from another country it has a different vibe to it yeah like, so, but it could also be a, a blockbuster film but yeah it's those kinds of things def- definitely so you have you have an american that's going to be 100 uh, f- uh, percent founded and financially by uh, the studio uh, and paid by in dollar in all american uh, uh business but it will be directed by an argentinian uh, or a, a french director or a, anyone so so that's what we're talking about in the art and thing that's a that's very common especially here in los angeles with hollywood and there's also music you know yeah jazz blues whether it's jazz blues gospel yeah. that all of that uh I think roots. But look our music, Gypsy Billy. I mean, it's European with a, it's a flavor of European with a, with the American. That is a melting pot of musical styles, exactly, and cultural influences in that. Gypsy Billy. So and jazz coming from, if you really want to break it down, coming from African roots, just like blues. Yeah. You know, this would be like a jazz was dissertation invent- on all of this. So we're just giving you yeah. broad stroke because jazz was invented in New Orleans and the, all the African were coming. Uh, from right. New Orleans, and that's why. Now, um, that's a good element. Cuisine. Oh, food, yes. That's <laughs> a no-brainer. That's easy. So we know in America that so many foods are influenced by other countries. That's for absolutely sure. And whether it's an Asian fusion restaurant, a European fusion, that's a big thing is the fusion. For sure. Cuisine. In LA, it's huge. That's you see it everywhere. It. Yeah. But you know, the funny thing is. Do you have an example? Well, the uh, I have very American kind of not I'm talking I'm not talking haute cuisine, no, that's no, no. fusion. But the funny thing about when people think of American foods and they come over here from another country and they want to eat something typical American. And what do you think of? You think of burgers, hot dogs. Macaroni and cheese. That's Italian macaroni. Potato chips, all and apple pie. So let's look at the. I'm not really sure about the hamburger thing. A la but, mode. But the hot dog comes from probably uh, like the German concept of anything in a skin. Ugh, that's a sausage type deal. Deal. But mac and macaroni and cheese probably could come from Italy being a pasta oriented country yeah. or Germany with the spätzle or um, like that and. Apple pie. Where do you think apple pie would come from? The tarts in France. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, so it's like this fusion. I'm the Europeans, a lot of them came in to America and brought their traditions in. And this, these and are typical go. American uh, yeah, dishes. That's, apple pie for Thanksgiving. I mean, you know, it's really And it, it's, it's come to mean something exactly. as our cultural stable. 
uh, staple in America. Now, the funny thing, let's go back to the apple pie for a minute. When I was taking my French class, at, uh, my very first French class at Alliance Française, and the the word was a la mode. And in America, it's always apple pie a la mode. You know, that means nothing. It doesn't mean with ice cream. It means in fashion. Yeah, well, it's in fashion once a year at uh, at Thanksgiving. No, you don't put ice cream on pie in Thanksgiving. What Thanksgiving are you doing? So that is a little bit of the influence of cuisine, of, of food. So you can, anywhere you go, you I'm sure you have your own examples as you're listening to this. Okay, the, the, well, another one, and that's the last one we found, was sports. Um, because uh, America is very sports-minded. Um, now, the, 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 the very... We have to say that America concerning football, uh, sports are pretty much American, except I would say maybe soccer was not too big here, but mainly basketball. You can see in basketball league, there's a lot of Spanish people, Chinese people, French people, Italian player. I mean, there's a lot. So definitely in basketball and soccer are probably the two sports where there's more, more multicultural and more people from different parts of the world. Football, not much, because the immigrants don't go... Uh, the immigrants usually come here and they, they didn't go to school or they don't go to school in, in a college, so they don't get drafted. And most of the football players get drafted from college, from a university, sorry, not college. But hockey, same thing, uh, not much on it. But baseball, yeah, you can see a few Cuban, you see a few... Uh, 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 Asian, so definitely. But, but let's look at football for a second. American football. Mm. The cultural influence on that came from rugby. Yeah, that's a good point. So that has been pulled in. And don't forget, even though we founded something in this country, whether it's baseball, basketball, yeah. we've had the reverse uh, multicultural influence on other countries. Because in Russia, it's big. In France, the French people like basketball. Correct. You know, it baseball in Japan, China, all of those, yeah. they love it. They yeah. love it. So it's like an, an exchange of that. It's not just one way, the melting pot. Yeah, definitely. So that, that, these are the few elements that we wanted to bring to you in the uh, characterize the uh, melting pot. So, um, how about if we get into the uh, a little bit of history? As well. Yeah, the, yeah, a little bit of a it's interesting. We're just going to broad stroke this stuff, but. We've kind of divided this into two halves. Yes. There's the reality of what we're living right now as melting pot slash multicultural. And then the second half will be a remedy. So let's talk about the reality that we're living right now. Columbus came from Europe, right? And discovered this land that was habited by non-Caucasian natives. So we already know there was an, some other influence here. For sure. Okay, and even now, let's let's go forward because I don't want to get into a big long history lesson. But even in America, as things evolve and time goes on, we see the Creole people from in the New Orleans, yeah. uh, Louisiana region, and that is a Creole from the um, African African immigrants, immigrants yeah. exactly. Hawaii, and then there's Hawaii. They are one hundred percent red-blooded Americans, yet they have that Asian influence. They look Asian, so you can see even if you go back in history when America was first 
discovered, so to speak, you can see how things through the decades and had started to evolve and it, because everything's interconnected. And I'm sure some other country in the world are the same, of a, course. a similar story. But we're talking about... America. America, okay? The melting pot term, from what I've read, the it first popped up or originated in around 1788 to describe a lot of cultures that were coming to this new land. And that term lasted through the 19th and 20th centuries. There was even a play about it in 1908 oh. called The Melting Pot. Theater? And that um, it further perpetuated this idea of becoming a homogenous society with mixed cultures, mm. okay? Then around 19, the 10s and the 20s, and again it happened in the 30s and 40s, ideology began to change, and there was this global warfare that took over the world. And if you think about it, those are war times. Yeah. So something instigated and shook up the apple cart with another type of thinking, maybe a, a negative annihilation type thinking where we want to rid ourselves of all this multi multiisms. Yeah. And so the Americans began adapting this anti-globalist view and called for banning of immigrants from select countries based on their religions or cultures. So you could see it even as far back as 1910. And that's funny, those are both war times. And, and, and actually the pinnacle of those four decades became in the 40s with, of course, the German yeah. problem. There we go. Uh, you know, so it, it, was, it was a long time, 10, 20, 30, and 40s. And, and of course, the pinnacle of, of, of this craziness happened in the Second World War with the German Empire. But... But you can see how a, when a negative light is shined on something, mm. for some reason, the human being loves that and will embrace negativity far quicker than anything that's positive. An example, rubbernecking on the freeway. People are more likely to turn their heads and look at a horrific auto accident then stay focused on the road mm -hmm. to try to get to your destination. Yeah, so to. there's always that attractive. You got one voice that's talking a bunch of smack, and this is what can disturb a culture and a society when you got someone mouthing off a bunch of BS. Yeah, and I have to say that if you look at 10, 20, 30, and 40s, this two-world war. This exactly, that's so what you, I mentioned. So can yeah. we say that war is... An hindrance, basically, for multiculturalism. Well, it's just a hindrance, and I think, to uh, to society at large. And peace, it's a, it's a, of course, peace contribute to multicultural and peace and, and to harmony, where war separation. Yeah, yeah. Any war, whether it's based on religion, if it's based on land, yeah. if it's just uh, I don't like the way you look. Yeah, you know, it, there's always that stuff. But we'll get into the remedy later. But we know that there's. There's always a yin and a yang, a positive, negative, and a good and evil side to everything. It's just the existence of everything in the universe. Yeah. It's just the way that it is. But the human being is the one that really instigates that. Yeah. Definitely. If it's something they don't understand, they want to attack it. Yeah, that's it. 
That's because the, it's out of fear. Or if it's something that's different than me, okay, right. let's attack it. It's not good. Because it's based on fear. If I don't understand it, I can't let it be better than me. Yeah. I can't let it surpass me. Yeah. I'm going to squash it. Yeah. What do people do when they see a bug or something that looks, an insect or just something that looks weird? What do they want to do? Just kill it. Yeah. Why? Because it's different and it looks different from you. How about, I know I'm that person. I take them outside. Yeah. I don't care what it is. And I, daddy long legs, I think being. are beautiful. It's a living being. Daddy long legs are beautiful spiders. So, and then there's the present time. Yeah. Do you think it's any better now? I don't. I don't know. Let's look at 2022. I don't think we're going forward, but, and not to get too, too deep in it, um, we'll see a lot of problems uh, uh, that's, you know, in last month's the the V and Roe, the Roe Ro v Wade Roe v Wade got got knocked out. So, you know, what else? What's coming out after? So it looks like, you know, you can tell that. I mean, we had that problem with uh, the twenty twenty uh, uh, and civil rights in the sixties. I mean, yes. it's just it's yeah, it's 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 a whole things that it's a, that's coming up all the time. So the older generation, and it happened in certain region of the of the uh, the country, right? Yeah, I think that oftentimes older generations pass on uh, views that no longer serve, yeah. hanging on to old ideology. That's a good point. So when those are passed down, and a lot of times, I'm going to be straight up, these come in regions with very little education. Most of it is white, no college. Yeah. So when you pass down th that kind of ideology to your children and then their ch your children's children, etc., you keep propagating that same mindset and not even wanting to understand anything else. So there, there's a they sometimes those that older thinking has a deep need to preserve that American culture. Don't let any foreigners influence it, whatever that means, and that happens to be front and center right now. It's pretty apparent oh, in sure. America Definitely. that it's just that we want it our way. Yeah. And if you don't look like us, we want you out. Definitely. Um, the, the, it's, it's the uh, progressive and the civil right activist that basically trying every time to overcome that thinking. Yeah, they don't stand up for it. Yes. They stand up for it. And trying to open the eyes to the other side. And show them another view. And that's what we need to do, a human being. And we're going to talk a lot of that in the remedy part. Because, uh, you know, there's uh, opposing views right now has created division in our country like something I've never seen before. I think we're, we're, yeah. we're amazingly divided right now in all of the wrong ways. Yeah. Who knows it, where that's going to get? Usually division... You know, division leads to union after that because you can't live like this forever. So, um, no, we, I do. We, we don't know what's what's no, happening. We don't. It's hard to understand, uh, but we can draw from history a little bit and see. But well, it's definitely uh, on the burning uh, gas. It's definitely not good right now. Well, I wanted to mention something about reality okay. and cultures and living in America. I don't think America would tolerate these things, but. And okay. Anyway, <laughs> you know, some cultures, when we talk about assimilation and multiculturalism, 
the the assimilation of a melting pot is one thing. If you're talking about multiculturalism, where cultures exist in this country, but yet they're kind of separated and maintain their beliefs, there are certain things that certain cultures might bring that would never be tolerated here, nor should they be tolerated anywhere. Like some cultures believe that girls at age 12 are just ripe for the pickings to become wives. That's crazy. You know, and women should have fewer rights than men. Uh, there's female castration. Some cultures, child molestation is completely acceptable. Are you kidding? Is and it? the wow. U.S. Is, would never tolerate those kinds of things. And if it does, if any of those things do happen, yes, it's deep, deep, deep in some backwoods area that you don't hear about probably not in the census, don't have social security numbers, you know, that type of thing, but to be socially accepted. So there are things when you, as part of a culture that the culture itself has societal rules that you, you must adapt to. Yeah, it is a fine line uh, when we talk about uh, culture into another culture. I mean... Definitely, it's there's a fine line. What what do you take? What do you leave? And and and, and that's where exactly we wanted to. That's why we name that f second part the remedy, because what we want to do is we want to look. At, yeah. You want to look at what we can do as human to be able to cohabit. But don't, here's one thing that I can say: if someone is attracted to America and wants to come here. Mm. Chances are they're not going to have those kinds of behaviors. So don't True. you think, though, that some cultures just would have a harder time mixing and maybe should not mix? It's possible. I mean, I'm sure that sociologists, people will look at that carefully. They know the, the, the characteristic of certain culture that will not mix with the uh, original thinking of America, the Constitution, all the ingredients that makes the so-called so old American culture or, or original American culture, we don't even know if we can call that anymore because it's been going on, although it's a young country, it's been going on for a while. So that, that Yeah, his this mom country, has antiques older than our country. Yeah. It's and, crazy. And, <laughs> and the, the part is that Immigration has been here since the very beginning, like when we started with that podcast. Uh, the, the Columbus coming here and the immigrants after that with the Statue of Liberty coming to New York, you know, and I'm just one of them that came here and just came in. And you were, you, you, under our, our example, which we're going to go into it, we're going to give you a lot of examples that happened to us personally or that we saw either on TV or other, uh, uh, by other mediums, we are, uh, when I came here, you were, I met you, you're 100% American, and, and I'm French by nature, uh, Italian, French, so I had, we had to cohabit in, 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 in things you have to learn, I have things to have to learn, so. But I think the, the great important uh, part of that podcast is what's coming up, which is, Oh, the Tracy, remedy. The remedy. This is what we need to focus on. The element, we leave that to the professional. And we, got, we gave you a little bit of history and give you a little bit of component of what melting pot and multiculturalism is. But let's focus on the remedy. So remedy meaning, how can we 
view other cultures and accept them, accept them and feel good and develop relationships and be feel good about the fact that multicultural people are going to be living in our country. How do we accept this? What are some things that we can do to remedy any sort of discourse? Yes, and, and, and as well, we're going to give you a lemon that you can think on a daily basis, sentence in that. The first one is the one that we talked to you before, which was keep this sentence in your mind. Our differences is what we have in common. And that is a powerful statement due to the fact that once you understand the principle of that sentence, you are able to bring up respect and you're able to bring out another eye or to look up, look up, look somebody interact with somebody. So that's the first element. And the second element is culture. We say multicultural. Now, um, America has a culture. Uh, Japan has a culture. Benin in Africa has a culture. Russia has a culture. Okay, and so on. We talk about, oh, I like uh, the Italian culture. Oh, I like the Danish culture. Well, how about a culture of peace? That is a culture that, to me, basically exemplifies America. We are here from all over the world, and we are trying to cohabit. We're building a culture. Living together in peace is some kind and some form of a culture. It has the component. We can go that in detail in some other time. Maybe we'll do a podcast on that. But think about it. These two elements, building a culture of peace. Let's live in a culture of peace. And then let's have our differences, embrace them, and that's what we have in common. And once we do that, we are able to bridge the gap. Well, how... How do we bridge the gap? Well, how do you build a culture of peace? How do you start to build a culture of peace? I think the, the best one is dialogue. No, isn't it? What do you think? Your dialogue? Well, I think the first thing would be for, we are responsible for ourselves, right? Nobody can control our thoughts, our words, and our actions, but us. So look at yourself first and ask yourself, what about that makes me uncomfortable or judgmental? Those are the hard questions you have to ask yourself. Why? Because they're different from you? They're going to be different from you, okay? Your yeah. brother, your sister, your mom, dad, they're all different from you, okay? <laughs> In the so same we're all, family. then we're all solo cultures, okay? Yeah, there we go. So that's ridiculous. Good point, but look at what is it? Is it that you think um, they're... They have a different religious viewpoint. It's going to threaten my views. Why should it be a threat? If you're that solid with your own views, then it shouldn't be a threat at all, should it? Or they look different from you. Why is that disturbing? I love the fact that people look different. How about trying to find out if they practice a different religion or eat a different food? How about trying to find out what are the commonality between this? If you eat a dish that is different... Okay, food is different, but maybe in their dish, there's a couple of elements that are 
that are into one of your dish. Well, here's the funny thing. That's funny that you mentioned that. Mm. Because when I look at an American recipe of cookies and I look at a French recipe or uh, maybe an, an Indian recipe for something, guess what? Same dadgum ingredients. Butter, wow. Flour. How funny is yeah, that? Exactly. But what is it? It's the finesse, it's the culture, it's the experience that one puts into that to get something different. So everyone brings something. You have to have an open mind and decide and make a conscious effort and a decision within yourself that I'm not going to judge because it all starts with your thoughts and how you are, what you're projecting to the universe. Yes. If your intention is to feel superior... Go ahead and do that. If that's going to make you feel better. That ain't going to lead nowhere. All it's going to do is be detrimental to you later. Yeah. Because nobody is, t quote, end quote, better than anyone else. It's just different. So maybe ask those hard questions. Why am I threatened by this? Why am I afraid of this? Why am I whatever your hang up is? So yes. it starts with you. So educate yourself. That's another thing. Educate yourself to... Maybe you have a new neighbor that moved in and they're they're cooking a food that you're not used to smelling. Figure out what it is and maybe engage in a dialogue with them and find out what it is. You might just find out that you love it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Or you could you can use it uh, and eat it with one of your dish. I mean, you know, we're talking about that. Same with same with religion or same with with, with music. Oh wow. Uh, you know, oh, you're playing some African pentatonic scale. Okay, that's another one. Pentatonic scale, for those who play music, it's a scale that's used in tons of music. Well, if you listen to an African person playing the uh, pentatonic scale, it's going to be played a different way. It's different. Still the same notes, but a different. Well, there we go. So learn. It, like she said, educate yourself. We because have to why? Because knowledge is power. Exactly. You will arm yourself with an arsenal of tools if you educate yourself and obtain the knowledge to learn about something different. Then that is also could lead to an icebreaker. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, did you buy that at the so-and-so market? And they shop there all the time because that's their the culture they're from. And you've never been? Or and you go, oh, I'd like to go there sometime. I mean, you, you never know yeah. where things are going to lead you. So get rid of the ego and be open. And you have to learn. If you're closed off to learning, then you're going to have a very difficult time in life with just about everything. With advancing uh, socially, economically, whatever it is, you're going to have a very difficult time if you don't educate yourself. I would say the power of the heart is so important. Uh, we We... we I think with the heart, I was able to break through a lot of things. And, and, and I'm, I'm thinking as well that when I, I learn from others, look at us, for example. Let's take the example of the food, a quick example of the food. Uh, with the pandemic, we couldn't go to restaurant. Thing. We learned how to do Thai food. Why? Because working in a Thai restaurant for a while, boom, I learned it. With friends, Japanese, oh. Japanese friends, we learn how to do a, a few sushi. Oh, let's go to a, a filet gombo. Oh, you learn how to do the gombo. I made a lot of Indian food too. Yeah, you made, you took, yeah, even instant, instant pot Indian yeah, food. And, and my friend David, uh, which we had on the on the podcast uh, about a new energy, 
in, in January. Well, look, uh, uh, gave us a book of how to cook. Uh, uh, so, so there we go. There we go. We learn it. And then now we're like, oh, wow. Uh, let's make an Indian dish. And then, you know, next things you know, it's like, oh, wow. We're eating half Indian and half Italian. That's weird. But bottom line, she's right. Educate yourself. That's really important. Knowledge is power. And then um, uh, be, be open to learn from others by the dialogue. Now. I think that another thing is you really have to <clears throat> examine the word hate and get dispel hate from your being. Because all hate does is going to eat you up. And hate, yeah. the acronym for hate that I found that I like is the best is um, hate is having anger towards Whoa. everything. I never heard that one. That's a good having one. anger towards everything. Wow. I that's, think that's pretty powerful. That's powerful. That's a great uh that's a, the, the great one. So 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 these are the few remedy uh simple. It's very simple. It's just a daily work you can do on your own and and remind yourself uh on a daily basis. And now the thing you have to remind yourself is that once you turn on that TV and watch you go somewhere, uh, I'm taking an example of whether we are here in America, whether when we visit France, or whether we go to uh, another country, or traveling in Europe or, or in Asia, what's happening is that you found yourself in the different places. You found yourself in a different environment. You can still be where you are. Nobody said you, you have to change who you are. But you got to adapt. You got to see. You got to understand. You got to uh, ask questions. And so uh, this encouragement of integration and, 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 this, and breaking down this barrier is what we are going to be able to cohabit. And it's going to be so crucial for tearing down negativity and building that culture of peace. Well, I think we, a lot. so need. And... I bet if we did a study somehow, we would find that most people who had an aversion to other cultures are people that don't own a passport. You think so? Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. If for people who don't travel, they don't know what it's like to be on someone else's soil. Yes. And, 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 you, and sometimes you don't have to travel. You can... I'm not saying all, but yeah. I'm saying a good portion yeah. are people who have yeah. no interest well, sure. in any other cultures yeah, I think so. except their local corner restaurant, the, 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 you know, the, the, just the stay in their own small world. Yeah, I mean, The world is ginormous, and there's a lot of great out there oh, yes. to and, see and do. And people from other – we just had friends that got back from Costa Rica and said – I mean, they were blown away. The culture of the people, the cleanliness, the friendliness – just top notch yes. as a country. So so I think going to living in of course living in a big country in America it's a plus and everywhere in the world because you have more opportunity to meet other cultures. Yeah, I oh mean, for it's, sure. It's, it's 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 obvious that that this is a plus. But if you don't and you can travel and you can go and find out even on a short trip you can still people now with the internet now as well with the social media you can definitely see more 
uh, oh. uh, understand more, learn more, uh, communicate more, and, and never stop that. Never, never, ever. It's so important. You can get a PhD in YouTube. I mean, it, anything is yes. on the on YouTube that you can imagine. Called. I've seen every single video that exists on Bora Bora. We I were, can tell you that right now. Yeah, we were into last month in June. We went to the uh, Grammy mixer. I look around. I stop for five minutes. I look around. There was people from all over the world. People like all kind of ethnicity. I was like, this is incredible. Spanish, I didn't know African American, Asian. There was like uh, all kind of Caucasian. That's crazy. And I was like, this is where I belong. This is the beauty of it. So, so here's a few that we gave you a few remedy. Now we want to give you. Yeah, let's talk about a few examples. Maybe examples of multicultural experiences where maybe someone either personally or you've seen it in a film where there's been judgment prior then there's a res a solution that comes out of it and it's an eye-opener and becomes a very heartwarming experience after all yes the one that came to me immediately which I don't really have this because I guess growing up as a military kid in the Air Force, it, it was you're always seeing multicultural everything, mixed marriages, kids from you know Thailand or you just name the country, Germany. I mean everywhere. They're just all over the place, Guam, whatever. Anyway, but for anyone who hasn't seen anything on this magnitude. And I went when Fabrice went for his uh, citizenship is the swearing in ceremony. It was at the uh, L.A. Convention Center. I think there were 2,400 people there being sworn in as U.S. citizens. And that tells me 2,400 people in that room did the work and made all the, did all the requirements it took to become a citizen. And that's how serious they were about staying here in America and being a part of American society. And when I looked around that room, any shape, size, color, culture, language, just about everything was represented there. And there's one, oh, I'm going to get choked up in a minute. Mm. There was an older man, and I, he was from probably a Middle Eastern country. I mean, I, I didn't talk to him. I only saw him from far away. Not far away, but I saw him from a distance. But he was older. You know, you could see he had years on him. You know he had a story, a really heavy-duty story. And when I saw him doing the Pledge of Allegiance, I just fell apart. It was just Beautiful. the most moving thing I've ever seen in my life. Yes. I mean, it was just, and you know he was so happy to be there. I was in tears. None of the people being sworn in were in tears, but I was the one crying, looking like an idiot. But it was so incredibly moving, and that ginormous flag behind, and oh, they're yes. singing the national anthem, and we were crying, but crying of joy to finally become American. Good Lord, that was I, incredible. I was crying incredible. inside because it was so hard to get there. Um, but that's yeah, it must be a, a trip when you're born here and oh, you it see is. that. Yeah, I, it was a great experience. I'm so glad you you live that. That's fantastic. So. Uh, that's one. I want uh, one example that I want to give. Um, that's very interesting. One time, you hear all kind of 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 of, of uh, I don't know exactly the word. Some kind of a, a, a 
what's in English the word, Tracy, when you, you prejudice, prejudice. And we say, judgment. In judgment. And we say that, I, I don't know where I was, I heard that, I think in the 90s, where I said, oh, uh, it's hard to do business with Persian people because uh, their culture and everything. Anyway, I'm not going to stand on that. I don't believe it uh, too much, uh, personally, because I, it's a matter of how you deal with it. But I, we did this Persian wedding and... Oh, indeed, it was a wedding. <laughs> and, and I came and I came into this... Somehow, I don't know why at that time. It was a thousand people. Yeah, it was crazy. I think there was, what, 40 bridesmaids? I mean, it was one of those kind of corporate for the parents type deal. Ginormous and, wedding. And to make a long story short, we... We were, we had uh, it was they were running late and and then we have to in the contract they were saying that we have to add more money. I think I give the experience already uh, into one of our podcasts on the the crazy parts that happen uh, uh, experiences about music. But bottom line, what happened is that because they were starting late, we had to stay there more. And in the in the clause of, the, of our contract it was said that we had to get paid more. And of course, he tried to get out of it. And we started to talk, and the agent and the, the wedding planner and everything. And, and we, I was up in the business. And, and was up in the business and everything. <laughs> and the guy, as a person, didn't want to do business and talk with women. So he was focusing only on me. And I sensed that, that he would want to resolve the problem, but he had to to only talk with me. So what I did is I took him into a room and we talk on one-on-one. Well, granted, the good part about me is that I'm used to talk with uh, uh, Middle Eastern people due to my upbringing. And we sit, sat down and we deal, look at the contract and look at everything. And we came to an understanding. But bottom line, I came in into the prejudice or, or, or the, the thought and saying, oh, if there's a problem, it's going to be hard when we put that clause, that clause of the contract. And I said, but that's okay. And you can see that even then, they didn't want to talk to Tracy. They didn't want no. any women involved. But you could see that was a cultural difference. So I, yes. you know, of course, being the American that I am, it was off-putting, but I stepped aside. I had to. Yeah, you so know. we resolved the problem, but you can see that it was a multicolor, and the wisdom that I had is to take him, uh, to to first make him comfortable, which is not talking to me as a man as they do, as actually more in their culture, uh, and then it was to uh, discuss on one on one, and um, when he found out that I was French, because. I guess he didn't know somehow fully. I was fully French, and he's like, "Oh, I love friends and the shy icebreaker, the shy icebreaker," and, <laughs> and, and we talk, and that's it. And basically, we resolve the problem. That was one of example I wanted to definitely see. But is, but it, see, there's an outcome with it. There's yeah. like a then it was a handshake and all was oh, well. I was I'm so happy to have us. Here's a movie example I wanted to give of a Clint Eastwood film, Gran Torino. Grumpy old man, Vietnam War vet blah 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 he neighbors move in or his next door neighbors happen to be vietnamese oh we all know if you've seen that film he wanted nothing to do with them he was very racist the comments blah get blah, blah. Out of my- get off my lawn <laughs> you know like that but Please. you could see as the the film goes on and the progression and this and that that no matter what when you engage in some kind of dialogue and there's something to break ice 
it really is about the one-on-one. So the way he was in the beginning is not the way he ended up in the film. So he ended up really bonding with them and having respect for them. So I just thought that was a really heartwarming thing. So it really does begin with the the one-on-one is where all the magic happens. Yeah. It yeah. really does. You can I've said this before, you can speak in front of a thousand people. Everybody loves you. What are you doing one-on-one? What are you doing behind your four walls? That's how peace starts. It's a dialogue on one-on-one. That's the, the, the nature of peace. That's the, the staple of peace in, in, in understanding and in, in joy. And, of course, ultimately happiness. Because so, anybody can put on a show. Yeah, definitely. That's easy. Uh, another, another example that uh, I think was interesting that I found is um, when I... Uh, uh, when I was, so I was born in the Alps, as you know, and at the age of eight, I moved. Um, so where I was living, it's pretty me, it was pretty much Caucasian. There was, as you know, friends in the uh, uh, 40s, uh, 60s, 50s, 60s, 50s, 60s. Uh, a lot of immigrants from North Africa came and, uh, uh, and came to look for work because of the colonization of France into the Africa. Um, there was a lot of communication, a lot of people who wanted to come to France to find some works. But long story short, it was uh, an abundance of, uh, there was a lot of immigrants coming to France from North Africa. So when I was, where I was born, it was, there was barely none, and I was uh, eight years old. And at eight years old, I moved to a place where there was only a lot of them, 30,000. And I even went to school there. So think about it, I was eight years old, in a place where there was barely uh, almost all Caucasian, skiing, you know, white snow, nothing. And, and then everything was, was completely different when I arrived in that environment. And, and, and it, it was a place called Lyon, but it was a place called Venice. And it was crazy because it was one of the biggest concentration of North African Arabics and African, 100%, um, uh, uh, from Togo, from the, the, the mid, mid East, Midwest uh, uh, Africa, Togo, Benin, Cameroon, and stuff like that. And so I found myself going into school with these people. And so, bottom line, I had to open my mind as 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. An ongoing process, an ongoing opening. I did not understand what was happening to me. But I had to go. And I found out slowly but surely that, man, this culture is crazy. The Cameroon culture is different from the Benin culture. It was different from the, 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 the Algerian culture or the Tunisian. I mean, and I was going and I was trying to find out. My mom did not understand what I was doing. And I was like, mom, this is great. I went to eat couscous. And I couscous. Well, yeah, I went to his couscous and I went, wow, you should see how they eat couscous. You sit down, the woman dance and she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, and then you eat with your hands and it's big dishes, it's beautiful and there's colors and stuff like that. My friend Malik, you know, and I was like, this is crazy. But I started to go more and more into it and I realized that there's, in culture, there's so much things that's beautiful. Uh, Couscous is an amazing place, oh. tagine and, and all these things. And, and then I was going, of course, there was negativity, 
negative part of that situation. But I had to get into it. And so I had to break down my prejudice as prejudices, as you say that? Prejudice. Prejudice. As 13, 14, as, as a teenager, I had to break through in order to survive, in order to make friends, in order to... And I had friends from all different uh, parts of the world because there was either... Uh, it was a poor area. So we had people coming from other countries too, but mainly it was African and North African. And believe me, this is a way different... Muslim on plus, there was the religion on the top, Muslim, and I would go to see and see them praying five days, five times a day, and or go to the mosque and you know things my mom didn't even know I was doing, but I had to, and I had to mix up between the this kind of friends and then the, the Caucasian friend that was uh, uh, next to me, and and then it was it was difficult. So, but that served me. I realized that served me when I came to LA because I was already on it right away, and that was you know. But that's one of it. And I, I cut down my prejudice. I got sliced. I got, I got, it got, it got sliced down. And, but when I arrived, oh my God, I was like, this is crazy. Well, what about also not many Asians in France? So when you came here. Correct. What when happened? I, well. Especially with the Buddhism. Yes. I, I got into Buddhism when I arrived about a, a year after I arrived here or not even. And. In, in Europe, there's not, in France, there's not a lot of Asian, like she said. And so when I arrived here in Los Angeles and I got into this Buddhism, which is Japanese Buddhist Buddhism, and then even walking in the streets, see all these Chinese people, I go into Koreatown and then go to Chinatown. And, and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of Asian people. And one more thing, I didn't know what sushi was. My friend Denise said, I'm going to take you to sushi. Sushi? What's sushi? And so I got to sushi and a sushi on Venice and I started to eat these these things and I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then after that I went to Korean barbecue. My friend Serge took, from Cameroon took me to, to Korean barbecue. And then and there we go. So the SGI things when I got to into uh, the, the organization, that's where I realized, wow, I got to break down more barriers. But what did you feel like having I felt, I felt like many that many Japanese people in a room for the first time? It was it was it was terrified. I was terrified the, the <laughs> fact that that I'm so outspoken, so animated, and I, here I am in front of people who don't shake your hand and bow because that's their thing. So many differences. It was a whole new world like I experienced when I was eight years old, uh, moving to to, to Lyon. But I was terrified. I was like, this is really strange for me. And, but it was beautiful. And it's still beautiful. And I love it. Till this day. I remember uh, where I had some prejudgment. And it was when we played a duo gig for the Cub Scouts. Oh, yes. We got called for that. And it was out in uh, East L.A. And, or something like that. Or Eagle Rock or something. Yes. And it was a border of East LA, yeah. I remember going, oh boy, we pulled up and the building was, you know, not, not the nicest building in the world. And I get in, I'm seeing, you know, that uh, painted cinder block and balloons, balloons and paper plates. And I already, there was my judgment right there. And I thought, oh boy, I don't know how we're going to be treated for this. Well, did I get slapped in the face because we were treated like royalty and those little boys were A-list, top-notch, respectful. And I think, and then, of course, amazing. 
me being, I start beating myself up. And I remember I got a little mad at myself and was, I kind of cried a little bit because I was, I was pissed off at myself that I had made that kind of judgment. And these little boys are just trying to do the best thing that they can. And these parents here with them to make them be stand-up citizens, to have a chance, especially living in L.A., which is so cutthroat. And, <laughs> and it was just, I, I mean, I really got slapped. Uh, but uh, for me, I overcame that, and I realized that that was something where I said, you know what, you cannot, I know we've heard this our entire lives as human beings, never judge a book by its cover. And I did yeah. that day. But I got slapped in the end, and they also overpaid us. I had the same feeling as you, to be honest. They overpaid because, us. Do you remember that? Yes, they overpaid us. And and you know, it's it's you funny because you you were make, asking me about the Asian when I arrived in America, but the Mexican same. There's no Mexican in Europe. No. And same thing. And I had, I mean, granted, I learned Spanish, and so speaking Spanish was really easy with the Mexican more than the Asian since I didn't speak. But when we arrived at that gigs, I had the same thing. I was like, oh boy, we're stepping into. But because we broke down and because I have to tell you, if I was not practicing that Buddhism at that moment, if I did not have that life condition that I had, Tracy, I would, I don't know, because it, it was, it was another world. It was different. It was not what we used to. Well, I was very ashamed of my thoughts. I, I was too. I, I really, and I, I almost want to go back in time and redo, and redo that and or find, I mean, I would never be able to find these people again, but, and just. Granted, we never say anything bad. Oh, of course it not. Internal. It's all internal. It's yeah. those micro thoughts that you have and these stupid human judgments because it's different from you. And, yeah. you know, so the food isn't the way you want it, but you know it actually turned out to be pretty good because they. Have, I remember they had macaroni and cheese, and I was thrilled. You know they had kid food too. But it was really, really, really Latino. It was 100%. extremely, and it was 100%. extremely loving. You could just after, and I felt that way after about ten minutes of being there. It started to dispel very quickly because the way that the mothers received us oh and gosh. set us up, yeah. and we had this little elevated stage, and I was like, oh my god. I mean, it was really, really fast, those feelings and those thoughts, but they go by in such a quick instant. But still, when you're that in tune to your thoughts, I mean, yeah, we're all works in progress. I know that. And we all, no matter how we don't have judgment in that, no matter what, we're human beings, there's always going to be some kind exactly. of judgment there. I don't care how refined and how long you've sat under a, a dadgum Bodhi tree, you're still going to have some judgments unless you remove yourself from society, go live in, in a yurt in Big Sur by yourself. Then you won't have any because you're not around anything. But we all have opinions and things like that. And we allow our past and our Upbringing. history to dictate, sometimes dictate our thoughts. Right and, off the bat in the situation. And impressions. That's and it, it's, it's instantaneous and it's super duper quick. That woman came to us, was so smiling. A smile was crazy contagious. And I was like, this is crazy. And I was like, okay, was I just got internally slapped. Yes. I'm oh, yeah. still bothers had, me to this day. And we had such a great time. It and was they were wonderful. Uploading every song. I mean, it's crazy. You know, the, the, the welcoming. And, uh, but the little boys were dancing. Dancing, like, yeah. Cute. It was, it was it's incredible. So we didn't want to leave because, and they overpaid us. I mean, yeah. incredible. So, 
you know, watch out and pay attention to those yeah. experiences. Watch your thoughts. Yeah, thoughts. Really. Yes, watch your thoughts. I don't. I wouldn't do that now. This is a good. Well, several, several, many years ago, but no. that that one experience, I still remember it. And you know, the funny thing is, you'll have the opposite experience where you go into this, you know, seven million dollar house and. Hancock Park or whatever, and then they treat you like garbage. So yeah. you just don't know. Exactly. You just don't know. Good point. Good point. And but but of course we are very fortunate, um, and that's why this topic is really close to our heart, due to the fact that we live in LA and we have so many many culture, and we go and as musicians we go play different places with different people, different part, different. We take the gigs. That's what that's what it is when we play in town, and that's why it's it. But but but. I have to tell you, because of this, it makes me love LA much more, and it makes me loving who I am to be able to understand. So, uh, this was a few examples that we wanted to give you. And in conclusion of that podcast, I just want to personally send a message and say that I, I am proud of myself to be able to have experience to experience what I have and if I had stayed in Europe and I have stayed in my little place where I was born which I love and we're gonna go and I never felt to go back because my parents are still there I don't know if I would be the same man if I haven't met Asian people if I haven't met Latino if I haven't met uh, uh, African people uh, Arabic people I, I don't know I don't know Iranian people or or Italian. It doesn't matter. I don't know if I would be the same man. So if you really want to grow, if you really want, and I want to keep on growing, and I'm suggesting that hopefully my message is embrace the people, embrace who they are, love them, especially if they're different than you. I know it's not an easy task. I know it's hard work. But the benefit of it, personally, I've grown so much and I love myself day after day even more due to the fact that every time I step out of my door, I have this opportunity, this opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's because uh, growing up and moving so much, I always thought, oh, other kids have it so much better. They have one home. They've lived there their whole lives. They have the same people around them. And I almost... At glimpses, I would envy that, but as a whole, no, I, 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 no way. I, I wouldn't trade the way that I was raised for anything in the world. And I thank the U.S. military for being good to my dad and good to our family yeah. and getting stationed in good places and having that opportunity to have to share a classroom with six, seven different cultures in it. Yeah. I mean, it was it was really powerful. So it's really hard for me to see color. I, do, I just don't. I know people don't, they think it's a line of BS, but it really is not. I mean, I, sometimes I have to stop and go, oh, well, oh, I guess there are different. Yeah. And, we, and no matter what, we embracing the difference is such. It's a, exciting. It's, it's fun. Yes. 
I learn. I, I, I grow so much when I do that. I'm, I love this. It's hard. Oh, my God, it's hard. It's so hard. Because you go, oh, this is, Americans might think, oh, this is weird, or, or they're being rude, or they're not, they're friendly. And it's like, no, learn why they behave this way. Why do they culturally do those things? And then once you do, like, for instance, um, our Japanese friend, they don't hug. Americans, you know, they, they <laughs> hug you. And it's, it's off-putting sometimes. I mean, I, I, think, I think if I were Japanese and someone's coming to hug me, I think I would be off-put too. But yeah. American to American, we hug each other. The French do the kissy face thing, and that bothers me. I don't like it at all. They're not big on the hugging as much as the... Yeah. And then is it right, left, right, left, right, left? Is it two times? Is it three? I, I don't you know. change I, from region. It's crazy. It, I, I get confused. But the Japanese, they bow because they don't, they think it's more respectful Control. that to not come at you and invade your space. I mean, so you just need to understand those things. They're, they're hardly rude. I mean, if anything, it's the complete opposite of that. Yeah. So those are, anyway, I don't want to get off topic too much. But yeah, I, I'm very grateful for being able to see. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I could go backwards. I don't think I could. Absolutely not. I don't think. That's why I, I, I love LA. I love, this is my town. I live here for 30 years. And I, 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 whoever is listening to this, wherever you are in the world, it, it's, I am, if you have the choice, the, 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 the chance to come to LA and spend eight days in LA, look around where we live and what we do, and what we what we experience when you go in a restaurant or when you go in a movie theater or whatever, just look around how much how much culture there is and how we expose every day and, and it works. Crazy part, it works. Uh -huh. The Olympics are coming here in twenty eight, and I, I I want to go and I want to see it because it's even crazier. The whole world will be here, but that topic was somehow something that we needed to do and I'm glad that we tackled it. And to finalize and last thought, you and me are so different to each other's. Mm -hmm. You know, we are. We marry each other's, we love each other's and we do music. It, we manage to combine our, our background on music and and many times we have disagreement because we're different on yeah, the approach. Yeah, not only socially and culturally, but just personalities. And personalities. You know, and I tend to be wound a little tightly yeah, and anal and detail-oriented yeah. and, 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 and annoying. Uh, but Yeah, and, and the point is that we live through it, we go through it, we understand, we absorb it, and we grow. And that's all the art. Once, as, more, as soon as your heart grows, you're able to absorb it more. So... That was this topic that was uh, close to our heart, and I'm glad we did it. Thank you. So go out and get some international friends. Yes. <laughs> they will enrich your lives. So how about, I think there were two fun facts that I want to mention. We're at the fun fact section, because I think they were both have to do with the uh, this time of year, the 4th of July, whatever. So first one being... The Declaration of Independence was written on a laptop. What? Thomas Jefferson drafted the Declaration of Independence on a writing desk that could fit over one's lap. This device at the time was referred to as a laptop. That's crazy. How awesome is that? Laptop. Okay, ladies, what you're going to you're going to love this. Thomas Jefferson. That's old. You're going to love this one, ladies. Okay. We all know Americans love fireworks, right? Okay. 
Well, according to the American Pyrotechnics Association, Americans spend more than $1 billion on fireworks each year. Out of this, only 10% of firework displays are set off professionally. Scary. Which probably accounts for the estimated 12,900 firework-related emergency room visits across the country. According to Fortune magazine, almost 70% were experienced by men. So you know that guy that's missing two digits off his index finger? Chances are a bottle rocket or something went awry. Our friend friend Eric used to do that. Oh, dear. (laughs) You know, I don't do it. I don't do that. Oh, I'm I'm too much of a nerd and and, afraid of it. and And I'm not into it, so... Okay. So. Now. I I have to spotlight something. Do you mind if I do the spotlight? Uh, you have please do okay. so. I mean. Okay, uh, we are not we are, are not an official endorser of this product or nothing like that, but I have to mention because tis the season fala la for fleas. <laughs> Anybody who has doggies, kitties, whatever your rescue pet, of course, rescue please adopt don't shop. Hashtag There is a product that I think is absolutely amazing for flea control, tick control, insects, even mosquitoes. It's called Wonderside. It's an essential oil blend for pest control from fleas, ticks, mosquitoes. It's plant-based and, of course, cruelty-free. So if you want to check out this product, it's safe. You can spray it on your furniture. You can spray it directly on your pet's skin. Read the directions, though. You might want to start on the back of the neck first and then wait an hour. And then uh, you can spray it in other areas. Make sure they don't have a reaction. But it's stuff like eucalyptus oil, spearmint, cedarwood. Uh, There's several scents. Uh, I bought the rosemary. There's a uh, lemongrass, cedarwood. Wow. It's amazing product. It's called Wonderside. So it's really good. Oh, it's great. And it's not an artificial flavor, I noticed. That's essential oil blend. That's Just why. Just all of it. <laughs> and it's www.wonderside, W-O-N-D-E-R-C-I-D-E.com. Yeah, wonderful. I'm glad we had it. It was uh, it was fast, actually. When we yeah. started to put it, it, it healed very For fast. For skin relief, Definitely. all of it, to the itchy, maybe even grass allergies. Yeah. Okay, let's finish by a quote. I have a couple that I found that was really uh, nice. Uh, this one is, uh, the first one is from Whitecliffe Jean. He's a, a Haitian guy. And uh, it's just a, a small quote explaining what we just uh, uh, talked about the last uh, hour. Uh, Whitecliffe, he said, uh, quote, America is a melting pot of immigrants. So actually, if you took all the immigrants outside of America, you'd be missing a lot of flavor, starting with food, with the culture, with the dance, and basically with everything. No kidding. <laughs> I knew the Cl- White Cliff Jean is amazing. And the other one that I found that I wanted to say is because this from an artist and this one from one of the president of the United States, I don't remember uh, which number it was, uh, maybe 39 or 40, uh, is from Jimmy Carter. And he said, quote, we become not a melting pot but a beautiful mosaic. Different people, different belief, different yearnings, different hopes, and different dreams. Wow. 
Thank you, Jimmy Carter from Plains, Georgia. That's, that's it. Peanut that's land for all you Georgia people out there. Don't forget to email the show at rockyourlifeatthevignatis.com. That's T-H-E-V-I-G-N-A-T-I-S.com. Please, for all of you Apple users, if you would, give us a uh, five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, We could help reach other people so we can get our message across. Let's work that algorithm. Don't forget also, we had released our new album on May 27th, so you can also get that. It's available on streaming platforms. We will also have a uh, link to the website and also where to get the album. Everything will be in the show notes as well as the link to Wonderside for all of you pet people. Remember, yes, adopt, don't shop. Yeah, adopt, don't shop, exactly. And uh, we're going to have a, a guest. We're working just for you. We're working on a, on a, a podcast uh, uh, concerning uh, 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 music and uh, we'll be a little bit more artistic again. Back to it. We try to mix it up so we'll... Uh, have a guest. We will enjoy last month having a, a guest and we are going to make it a more regular thing. So thank you so much. Remember at, to enjoy your summer. Yes. Lots of sunscreen. And remember, we are here to help you rock, rock your, your life. life. Come on, let's have a good time. Try and true. Come on, 